Welcome to the B2B Marketing Results Show, where we examine new ways to achieve B2B growth with insights from today's top professional marketers. Hi there, I'm your host, Derek Little, and this is the podcast for companies of all sizes wanting to transform their marketing and accelerate their growth. In this interview, I was honored to speak with Pankaj Srivastava. Pankaj is the founder and principal consultant at Practical Speak, a management consulting firm that helps their clients grow. His point of view is that creating effective marketing depends on understanding the drivers behind your customers' needs. In this interview, Pankaj explains why technology companies often fail at marketing and three ways they can get the results they want. Here's what he had to say. But generally speaking, I think companies view marketing as cost center or a group of people who can talk a good talk, but don't really create meaningful value. So it's, it's about respect for marketing uh, at one level, but at a more uh, you know, practical level, if a company, a startup or, a, or even an established company doesn't really understand the true value of marketing, I think it's a disservice to its customers and to its own longevity as a, as a sustainable business. So that's the problem, right? And I feel like there are a few factors that uh, lead to this problem. But over the course of the last few years, I've been actively thinking about, you know, how do you as a marketer overcome this challenge? So I've put together some sort of a system that I have personally deployed at different companies uh, so marketing can actually not just showcase its true value, but also make organizations more productive. I think it's mostly marketing ignorance. So your entire C-suite may not be uh, fully aware of what marketing's role is. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, there's a more uh, traditional view of marketing, which is, you know, selling and promoting, Right. If you talk to any person who is not a marketer, would say, you know, marketing is about, you know, selling my product and promoting my product. And I think that's a very myopic view of what marketing ought to be. What do you think is the root problem that causes companies to fail at marketing, particularly technology firms? Uh, the, the issue is, and, you know, it might be a smaller audience perhaps, but, you know, if you look at, uh, the two factors, in my opinion, that kind of contribute to this challenge that I'm talking about. You know, first is, you know, uh, in companies with technical founders and focus on technology and product, uh, those companies automatically gravitate towards technology and building the product or solutions. They get excited about the product that they're building and that passion basically drives uh, their interest in building the best, the, the most perfect product. And as you're doing that, it's, it's actually great to see, very energizing to see this level of passion firsthand. And I think it's okay that, you know, technical founders are doing what they're doing because they're the best at it. But what gets lost through this is the line of sight to the actual problem being solved. So oftentimes, yes, you begin with a problem in mind that you want to solve, but you get so distracted and passionate about the technology aspect of the solution and the solution itself 
that over the course of that process, you lose sight of the problem you're actually uh, intending to solve, right? And then when that process is done and you believe you have the perfect product, it's kind of handed down to marketing and said, you know what? We build the best product. Go sell it, right? So they, because of that process, being myopic and distracted by the solution rather than uh, informed by customer insight, marketing gets a handed down version of the product, which may or may not solve the customer problem that was intended to be solved. I don't know if this makes sense to you, but I've seen this in several companies, both in terms of companies I've been part of, as well as startups that I have uh, you know, advised over the course of the last 10, 15 years. What happens when a company focuses too much on their product and not enough on their customer? And, you know, people say they have a customer-centric approach because they may do a couple of cases of research and that's it. But I think uh, more and more you will see the most successful products are never-ending from a development standpoint. Uh, And there is no definition of a perfect product that actually fits the definition of perfect. So uh, products, I think, should be in a continuous state of development. And because of that, marketing's role has to be continuous state of customer centricity, right? Uh, it's not sequential uh, anymore. Uh, it's, it's more ongoing uh, all the time. So one, one definitely, you know, the factor that I have seen firsthand is this extreme focus on technology itself and the product itself and losing sight of the real problem that you were trying to solve for. And the second is what you brought up a little bit earlier, Derek, which is the, uh, uh, is the entire C-suite really in line, in sync and, and aligned with what marketing's value is and why marketing creates value also. So I call this marketing ignorance, right? You know, I've heard this many times from founders myself, you know, uh, let's go viral. You know, we build the product and uh, let's just go viral. Let's do some social media campaigns and build some fun, crazy incentives and campaigns around social media and our product and we'll be viral, just like some of the other examples that they can cite for you, right? What's, what's, what's rooted in that is marketing ignorance, right? You know, as one of my former bosses told me, he said, Pankaj, hope is not a strategy, right? <laughs> so I don't believe going viral is marketing strategy. That's something that you can hope for, absolutely. But there's a, there's a boatload of science and art involved in getting to a level of uh, robustness in your marketing strategy that may allow you to go viral at some point of time in the future that you cannot predict, right? So, but how often does this become an expectation that, you know, my marketing team will just go viral with this thing is mind boggling, right? So that's the second thing, you know, which is ignorance of what marketing really involves, right? Uh, And to me, you know, the art of marketing is basically to connect uh, with your customers and, it's twofold, right? Understanding of your customers, as you were saying, uh, their needs, their behavioral patterns, but 
The second, more importantly, would be then to be able to connect emotionally uh, your customers with your solution, right? And, and, and the reason for that is, you know, you want your customer not to see your product as a product, right? Yeah, this is a product that solves a particular problem I have or meets an unmet need. But you want your customers to actually see your product to be unique, to be different, to be everlasting, right? And those are the companies that build sustainable advantages and you move beyond just, you know, feature-based comparison and commoditizing the value of your product because you can be put on a grid with several other competing products and you're comparing features. Oh, these guys have four features. I have five. I win. But that advantage is a short-term, short-lived advantage. But when you create that emotional bond with your customers, that's when you are beyond uh, a feature comparison grid advantage, uh, which is, you know, months uh, at most, to co-developing your products and solutions for continuously meeting current as well as future needs of your customers, right? And that's the role of marketing, right? If marketing is about, hey, I have a product, let's sell it. It's very myopic. And that comes from ignorance on what marketing really is about. If focusing on customers is the best way to increase sales, why do companies find this so difficult? It's super hard, right? You do, you know, I've been in meetings, right, where actually I've, I once interviewed for a role and the then head of marketing was telling me how they are very customer-centric. So I asked him a question. I said, Sean, so how do you, how do you, define customer centricity and Sean says oh I do a survey every time I sell my product and they tell me what they like what they don't like so I know what they don't like so we work on it that is exactly what you're talking about that's such a short-sighted perspective to me customer centricity is not about what your customer needs it is about why they need what they need and once you understand the difference in that nuance that's when you have empathy and that's what leads to truer understanding of your customer's mindset it is not about what they need it is why they need what they need and when you orient yourself as a marketeer in that fashion in that mindset you mold yourself that way you ask a very different set of questions. You don't ask what do you need questions. You ask, well, how do you feel when you solve your problem? The nature of your questioning changes dramatically and it completely alters how you view the solution, the interaction of your solution with the customer and the intersection of your customer's behaviors with the interface of your product. It is much more uh, layered and much deeper understanding of your customer mindset. So that's what I mean by, you know, when I think about customer understanding, it's, it ain't about, hey, what do you need? It's why do you need that? Do you have a specific approach to helping companies succeed at marketing? I have, you know, what I call C, you know, C like the water body, the ocean, right? S-E-A. 
system that I've used over the last seven years. You know, and I call this C because, you know, CS stands for share, E stands for empathize, and A stands for align. So the first job of a marketing leader in a company would be to actually retool the thinking of the entire company on the value of marketing, not because you want to feel good and you want to feel like a hero, but that is the starting point for the organization to be in the mindset of truly leveraging the value of the marketing team, right? So the first job isn't really marketing. The first job really is to retool the organizational thinking on what to expect from your marketing organization team, right? So I have this three-point you know, system I call C, share, empathize, and align that I've used that has worked with a fair amount of success in my own personal experience, right? So when you talk about share, you know, I've used this so many times. To me, you know, as you were saying before, Derek, you know, uh, you work with a bunch of B2B companies and how they build products uh, starts with some understanding of the customers. There are three levels of understanding, I think. Uh, and marketing teams should focus on sharing information without worrying about do they get the credit for that or not, right? That's the big thing here. So you share customer intelligence, you share competitive intelligence, and then last but not the least, you share macro environment intelligence, right? What are the biggest trends that allow for you to think about sustainable advantage in the long term that impact your business, your customers, and your competitors? Uh, so those three, you have to compile on an ongoing basis. That should become just how you think marketing. And then you share this information widely across organization. Do not ever limit this to just the product team, for example. Go to your sales team. Go to your product team. Go to your engineers. I've done what I call Friday meets with engineers. There will be a 30-minute session every month on a Friday with pizza, and we'll just share what we're learning about the future, right? And we get a lot of great insights from engineers that allow us to think even better about marketing. It is incredible how when you share, you get so much back. So that's the first pillar. The second is empathize. Oftentimes, you know, we have this, you know, uh, tug of war between, let's say, product and marketing or, or marketing and sales. Uh, I think at some level, it's a healthy tug of war. But at the end of the day, if you don't empathize with your engineers, with your product managers, with your sales and account reps, you're missing something. If you empathize, a salesperson will come back and tell you what the customer is saying. Don't you need that as a marketeer to become a better marketeer? Absolutely do. So don't worry about the tug of war or the friction. Empathize. Tell your salesperson they are doing the most difficult job in the world because they have to go convince other people they do not control to buy something they may not need, right? Empathize with them. And when you do that, they come back to you with so much insightful data 
that allows you to become a better marketeer. So that's my second pillar. Empathize globally with every team uh, that you interact with or in some cases don't even think about interacting with. And the third is alignment. And I talk about this a lot and I've kind of molded my career around this. Alignment doesn't mean that everybody says, yeah, that's what we want to get to, like goal setting and stuff like that. That I think most organizations are very, very efficient at. The alignment that I'm talking about is how, as a marketeer, do you want to be measured, right? Uh, Your uh, C-suite may ask for, you know, what is the cost of customer acquisition? How many, you know, MQLs are we getting? How many sales qualified leads are we getting? How does the pipeline look? A bunch of other metrics, right? Those are early indicators to me. You need to align with the revenue as a marketeer. You have to tell the team, I want to be measured on the exact same revenue number that my sales team has. And when you do that, when you take that leadership position and say, you know what, don't worry about, you're basically saying, don't worry about these early indicators. I want to be measured on the exact same goal as you get measured on. Now you are a team. You're viewed as a team. You gain more respect. And when you do these three things, share information that you collect widely without seeking credit, you empathize, and then you align on the same set of revenue targets, revenue specifically, you gain so much respect and credibility as a marketing organization, you get better data, better information, better insights, and you get included in discussions you were never invited to before. Where did you get the idea of measuring marketing results based on revenue? I was measured on, you know, customer satisfaction, brand, and, you know, pipeline stuff. And I went to my boss. I said, Bill, I don't want to be measured on this. He said, what do you mean? He said, I don't want to produce these reports for you every Thursday. Uh, it's boring. So what do you want to get measured on? I said, revenue. He said, are you sure? You don't directly control it. I said, that's the reason why. I want to be measured on revenue because I don't want to directly control it. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, if I don't directly control it, somebody else does. And if that somebody else is not being collaborative with me, how will I ever be able to create a valuable company? And he loved that idea, right? I said, the moment I say to other folks, I get measured on exactly the same metric. There's inherently more collaboration and you become better at every other metric automatically because you're a better marketer now. You have more information. Amazing, right? So I started with first, uh, I as head of marketing getting measured on revenue. The rest of my team continued to get measured on other metrics, more marketing-centric, transactional metrics, so to speak. But it took uh, a year and I changed every marketing team member's goal to revenue. There was a little bit of complaining, but they saw me taking that as something that I get measured on. And I used to post my grades on those goals on my office wall. So anybody walking in would see how I'm doing. And that created this, you know, uh, mindset for the entire marketing team to say, you know what, that makes sense. And they embraced it after a year of me just taking that on on my own shoulders. 
and then everybody started thinking uh, more collaboratively across all teams and we grew the business 8x in three years after that eight times and i'm not talking you know a few million dollars i'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars right so i've seen this work uh, it needs a little bit of you know audacious leadership i think but at the end of the day uh, if you really want to become an awesome marketer you need great insights from your uh, sales teams from your product teams from your account person from your sales reps uh, from your engineers only then can you become a great marketer and grow the business thanks for coming on the show pankash thank you for the opportunity again thanks for listening to the b2b marketing results show are you struggling to attract enterprise clients for your technology products and services trailblazer writing provides outsourced b2b growth support for enterprise technology sales and we offer a free trial Learn more at trailblazerwriting.com or contact me at derek at trailblazerwriting.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at trailblazerwriting.com.